Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for a very special episode, an interview episode. We love bringing you these, particularly when it comes to kickstarting a new project that we have for you just around the corner. That project, of course, is us recapping every single episode of Breaking Bad. Nick and myself have promised this and we're going to do it and we're getting excited for it. And what a way to start off our coverage of Breaking Bad than with an interview with an actor who played a fairly prominent role on Breaking Bad. The actor's name, of course, is Charlie Baker, who played the role of Skinny Pete across 15 different episodes on five seasons and the movie El Camino Breaking Bad movie. And this is a fun chat, learning everything from how we got the role to fun stories on set right through to how the fan reaction has been over the years to him playing Skinny Pete. So a lot to learn in this episode. I'm going to shut up, as I always do at the beginning, to eventually get me to start talking to the guy you're here to listen to, the one, the only, Mr. Charlie Baker. massive pleasure to welcome our next guest here to the Oz Network. Appeared in a wide variety of TV shows and movies over the years. You might have seen him in shows such as Prison Break, The Blacklist, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, 911, but you probably are more familiar with him from a little show called Breaking Bad. You may have heard of it. Uh, he appeared in 15 episodes of the series across all of the five seasons and, of course, in the movie El Camino, where he played a significant role. He plays the role of Skinny Pete on Breaking Bad, and I am so delighted to be able to welcome Charlie Baker to the Oz Network today to learn a little bit more about his time on the show and his esteemed career. First of all, Charlie, it's a pleasure to chat with you, mate. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, man. It's good to be here, or, you know, virtually there. Virtually here. That's uh, that's the way of the world now, isn't it? Are we are we just just accepting right. that this is the world now? This is always going to be the world. We're just virtually everywhere right is. now. It's what it is. You know, I have a 13 year old daughter, and she's been locked in her room since she turned 13. And wow. like, quite frankly, I'm 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 okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have dreamed it up any better if you had been told that no, when your daughter like, turns oh. 13, she's stuck in a room. You'd probably take that. <laughs> zero zero contact with any any. Okay, I'm, yep. I'm okay with that. You're good. Yeah, you can I, stay there. <laughs> there's a lot of conversations I don't have to have right now. <laughs> Just as long as she's not learning them online or something like that, though, perhaps. But you can control right. that, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Not really. There's, no, there's there's a an illusion of control when it comes mm-hmm. to children, but you, you don't have any control over what's going on. So yeah, yep. just accept but it. Again, as long as they're not in this outside world, right, you can uh, accept right. it that way. Right. But it's, yeah. I mean, it's it must be fascinating for you to kind of get these requests to sort of, you know, chat about your, your career. Obviously, a lot of people very much into Breaking Bad, learning a lot 
about sort of the show and your role behind it. Right. But I was I was looking at some of your past interviews and reading sort of how you got on the show itself. And yeah. it basically came about that you were sort of reading scripts that were not meant to be scripts because it didn't get picked up, but then it got picked up. So you auditioned. I mean, that's basically the story about how you ended up on the show. Kind of. Kind of. Um, I was I was taking a workshop from a casting director in, in Dallas, Texas, who had access to the original pilot for Breaking Bad that she was using as as workshop material because, well, it had been turned down by all the networks. And while like we've been doing once a week for a couple of a couple of months, we've been so I'd read for Max uh, main, and for all the main characters. Um, and uh, just as practice, you know, just as as learning to audition kind of practice. And when uh, the show got picked up, suddenly, like, she, of course, went, well, we, we weren't supposed to have access to these. Um, but she's and of course, it changed. It changed from what they shot, from what the script that she had, obviously, uh, a bunch from rewrites. But um we knew the basic premise of the show and she, when she, it got picked up, she was, she was asked to help cast the local roles mm -hmm. this, um, because uh, the casting director in New Mexico, where we were shooting um, had just moved from Texas to New Mexico uh, to start up her casting office there when this all happened. And so she knew more talent in Texas um, than she had available in New Mexico for the for the day player roles and and the small small parts that they if they couldn't cast locally they would have cast from LA but when luckily when the small part came along that they needed a skinny stoner hmm. um, they I let me read for that and the <laughs> casting director went oh, yeah. um, and so it just kind of evolved and it was originally just supposed to be one day, one episode, one and done. And then, you know, say goodbye. Um, and luckily they called me back and asked me to do another episode. Um, and then they called me back and asked me to do another episode. And a lot of that was because of the nature of the show. Um, Jesse Aaron Paul's character was supposed to be killed off. Yeah. Um, and instead of killing him, they, they realized they really liked the chemistry between him and uh, Brian Cranston. And and, uh, and they liked him being, you know, in the show. And they liked this, this new direction that, you know, kind of took off with their chemistry. And so they figured they'd keep it and go with that. And since they didn't kill him, as was planned they needed to create a, what they call a universe for him. And they, they needed friends and family that have existed. And since I was already established as one of his friends, they went, well, let's bring that guy back and, um, and see how it goes. And I, I was literally told by one of the producers, like, Hey, um, we keep bringing you back because you're able to keep up with, with these actors. Like if, if you couldn't, we, we wouldn't have brought you back. So, <laughs> you need to keep keeping up with these actors to to keep this and so i i made sure i was tried to be at the top of my game right and it you know history from made. there essentially the, right. the rest is 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 history which did you eventually 
find out that your name was then going to be Pete and not just Skinny Stoner? Like, or, or you were upset that you it weren't was, just kept it, as Skinny Stoner from the rest of that? Well, point? in the in the first episode, I like that was my that was what I was hired for was Skinny Stoner. When they brought me back, um, it was kind of like I had this kind of idea in my head that like if my character had a name, mm-hmm. then and it turns out like in the script for my second episode. Uh, they list me as skinny stoner. My first line is, and it's when I think it's Jesse asked me, are you sure you're tight with, you're tight with these guys? And I said, yo, like two nuts in a ball sack. And <laughs> perfect opening line uh, for a, for a job. Right uh, oh yeah. 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 Uh, it was fun reading the scripts. I'd get the script and go, Oh yeah. This is hilarious. <laughs> um, so it said skinny stoner says that line. And then, and then I walk up, we walk up to the, uh, to the guard to the door doorman for Tuco's place and he pushes me back and it says skinny stoner yo man I'm skinny Pete was my line and then after that any lines I had were labeled as skinny Pete instead of right. skinny stoner and for me that was like ooh they Here's just gave me a character yeah. I have a name and so I'm not just as expendable as a skinny stoner and so I, I had a good feeling about being brought back, but they never, we never actually established, okay, you're going to be in this many episodes and we're going to have you do this and this and this, or, you know, um, it was just, Hey, we might bring you back. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> and I was fine with that. Yeah. And Which... I just, so I just kept my nose down and did my job. When you were in acting class and you were reading these scripts, I mean, what was yours and sort of everybody else in the class's viewpoint? Were you sort of reading this going like, how did this not get picked up? How was this being overlooked by some of these networks? Well, it was a little bit of both. It was like knowing the content, knowing what it was about seemed a little too dark for like CW network, (laughs) you know, or for NBC. And um, this was, you know, AMC that was they had I think Mad Men was the only other show they had and it was doing okay but like people weren't really looking at cable shows as being a big thing and so when you're talking about oh well is this is this a legit show we were thinking in terms of like NBC ABC CBS um and like you know what kind of content they have it's not going to be that kind of dark and gritty and that and so we just didn't see, think that it had a place but we thought it was like amazingly written it was really well written and just like what kind of network would be would have the the balls to do this <laughs> you know it was the kind of the attitude uh about it but we've always yeah, i've always read that script just going wow which is why she used it as as audition material because like the better the writing the easier it is to memorize and easier it is to learn and um that gives you uh, a lot more leeway to imagine when you're not struggling to figure out what the hell this person is trying to say um but um yeah it's fun it's and it's always interesting to kind of hear these moments when you go from that to obviously here we are now, you know, thirteen or so years later, and, and 
Breaking Bad regarded as maybe one of, if not the greatest television show of all time to kind of, you know, where you end up in sort of history with that. Because, I mean, we never know. You're not going to read that and go automatically, oh, I'm going to be appearing on this show and it's going to be regarded as this one day, do you? And yet you happen to get a couple of chances, dominoes fall your way. And uh, again, here you are talking to some random Aussie dude about this show that has uh, formed a pretty uh, significant part of your life. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And I never thought I'd be sitting here in my dining room talking to some random Aussie dude on Zoom. It was never part of my childhood dream. Never, never. I'd like to meet someone whose childhood dream it is uh, to do that. A weird childhood dream, but sure, whatever, I guess. Weird childhood dream. Yeah, whatever floats your boat, I guess, with that. But do you remember your your first day on set and, like, kind of at that point, you know, obviously you you come in a few episodes in, you know, fourth, fifth episode in, and all of a sudden it's a bit established. It's a bit of a well-oiled machine by that point, still finding its feet, but still going there. But do you remember that first day meeting the actors, meeting the crew and kind of what were you, what was your view on where the show was at that point? Oh, it's, it's such a like whirlwind of like excitement for me. I remember it, but it's, it's like, I remember riding a carnival ride and like, you know, you see flashes go by of, <laughs> of moments. Um, but then that's the whole series, like every, every episode. Cause it like, like I said, they would just kind of say, we'll see you maybe next time, maybe not. And so it was really like just a fun ride. Every time I went there, it was just like thrilled to be, I'm just thrilled to be here, man. <laughs> I'm just like, whatever. And um, it was it was a lot of fun. It, it was one of the best crews, even in 13 years of working because of the show. Uh, it's one of the best crews I've ever worked with. Uh, one of the most cohesive crews. Um, the actors were always just astounding. Um, Aaron Paul. I didn't know much of Aaron Paul's career before Breaking Bad, um, but he had the he had a big role, and I always like immediately admire and respect anybody who has that kind of role in, in a show that has that kind of um, production value. You know. Um, I knew he wasn't just, you know, some producer's nephew. (laughs) Um, uh, And the more I learned and watched, um, you know, I'm about eight years older than he is. Uh, He and um, Matt Jones, who played Badger, I was the old guy. And, uh, but I was newer to the business than they were. And so I, I was watching and learning from them on like, like well, so what, what can I say? What can I ask directors? What can I, um, if I don't feel right about a line, do I, do I say something or do I just change the line myself? Like I, a lot of this was new to me uh, when I first started on Breaking Bad. Um, it was maybe my fourth, fifth job uh, on, on television at, at the time or on TV or film. And so I was still kind of like <laughs> getting a feel for what you do. Cause most of the jobs I had were the same were day player roles where you come in and say, thank you, sir. Have a nice day. And then you're gone and you aren't given any, like the director barely even like makes <laughs> eye contact with you, you yeah. know? I'm so uh, it's, it was an interesting, you know, dynamic going from being like the guy that like, uh, he's, he's, he's just here for an episode to coming in five episodes, six episodes later, where the directors are like, oh yeah, I've seen your work. I know, you know, like what? You, you know who I am. Uh, <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> um, and that was an interesting like change as it kind of progressed, how um, 
I was, you know, went from being the, the small guy to suddenly the El Camino where, um, we had, uh, just a full, like a couple weeks of just shooting my stuff, uh, for, or our stuff, uh, at, at my house and, mm. you know, it's getting Pete's house. I should say, I'm gonna say was, right there is like, that are we in the house right now that they <laughs> just filmed it all behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just your daughter's uh, daughter's locked in a room in the background still, you know, all things like that. While uh, Skinny Pete and Badger are all kind of, you know, playing video games, all that kind of uh, fun stuff. Don't give yeah. away all. Don't give no, away all. The no, secrets. we can't. Tell, we can't tell that. Which I also must think it must be interesting. Coming as you're saying, sort of, you know, you're still getting into the industry. You've had these roles, but to to have the level of chemistry that you have to have with with Aaron with Matt you know those sort of levels where you've got to build upon that and obviously the more and more you come back on you you build that rapport I can imagine but you know initially when you've got to have those opening scenes with with Aaron and kind of you know you're going in to see Tuco uh, the character of Tuco and all that kind of stuff and just having that initial rapport with someone because you you basically imply that we're, we're good friends we know each other I'm you know I'm going to introduce you to this guy I mean do you do you have to sort of just have an instant rapport with someone like Aaron to do that is it a case of hanging out with him to try and work out how these two would play off each other I mean how does that work initially when you first start filming with Aaron it seemed like, well, Aaron's just an awesome guy. I mean, like he's a really, really neat guy. Um, just friendly, kind, fun. Um, and so that was, that was the easy part was, was acting like his friend. Cause like, of course, when I came on my first episode, they had already, they'd already done a couple of episodes and they'd already gotten their rhythm as far as shooting goes. And he was just being a gracious lead actor which is like hey welcome to the show i'm gonna make you comfortable so that we can all work together well um but i just i completely admire him and was like easily fed into the the script part of i'm i'm his friend um and the longer the more we more episodes we did the more evident it became that i was like a really close friend Mm -hmm. and um I think as actors, first of all, actors automatically just the script says we are really good friends. So we're just going to be really good friends. Um, and we're not going to we're not going to look for um, any, you know, any flaws. We're not going to discuss anything that might <laughs> stop that. Let's just let's just assume we're really good friends and go from there. And that worked out well. I mean, we just we are we are pretty good friends. I mean, we don't hang out kind of friends, but like. Um, I definitely have a smile on my face when they, when, when he's around and vice versa. <laughs> I, I think a lot so. of us, I think it was a lot of us like to imagine though, that these scenes where, you know, you, you three are kind of hanging out that, you know, and you're discussing things like the intricities of Star Trek and, you know, eating pizza and all these kind of things. We're, we're just hoping that that's actually, as soon as somebody else, you know, cut, that you're just going to go back to your trailer and doing that. Like that's just not acting at all. So, you know, we, I mean, we not did a little that bit level. of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt, Matt Jones and I, especially, we did a, a little bit of that, like discussing some of the, um, some of the details of the video game, uh, rant, I guess the, the meth, meth fuels video game, <laughs> uh, ranting that we did was about yeah, left for dead and all those, um, and Matt and I are both, we are, we're not like 
hardcore geeks on any of those stuff but we are we like we flirt with geekdom in all of those areas so like we it was neat being having some kind of um uh having that kind of like actual relationship to a subject that you're talking passionate about like just being able to like Oh yeah, I totally know what they're talking about when they, you know, cuz sometimes you have no clue what when one of your characters that you're playing is really passionate about a subject. You really aren't really sure <laughs> even if you've gone through and gone through, learned everything about that subject that you can, you're just yeah. not as passionate about it. You're like, "Huh?" But like I get what they're talking about when they're talking about, "Oh, you got to lead them." Um. <laughs> <laughs> which I can imagine that makes it fun when you you know meet a fan who you know they're connecting with your character because they're they're totally on board and all of a sudden they start right. disagreeing with your character or agreeing and you're just going yeah right. absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah it's fun I mean it it, it has its merits um, yeah and that's I, we live in a land of make believe and it's just it's so much easier just to make believe fun stuff than it is like for sure uh, yeah um, and stuff that you relate to and i think that was the word i was looking for earlier was stuff that you can relate to mm-hmm. is really a a lot more fun to, to have to pretend was this was acting what you had always wanted to pursue was this sort of from from a young age something that you would had wanted to to get into um entertaining people entertainment i was a a musician a a dancer i I was a gymnast when i was a kid i just loved i loved performing for people more than anything is i guess what it turned out um and this just turned out to be the the one that like kind of uh helped me (laughs) uh get ahead and so but i still i sing when i can um I don't dance as much because my knees have kind of given out on me. I used to, I used to perform as like a, um, a, a guest for local ballet companies in in Texas and Dallas and Fort Worth. Right. And I would just come in and perform my character roles. Uh, same thing as in television. I would just come in to do one small bit and then I'd be gone and uh, they would continue their stuff. But uh, it was a fun, fun little side gig <laughs> i can imagine uh, i'm surprised they didn't you know i know they kind of added sort of the the piano stuff with, with skinny pete and, and everything i'm surprised they didn't add dancing i, I want to see gymnastics i want to see skinny <laughs> pete you know in a leotard oh, doing I, the vault oh, by then by then i hadn't like done a handstand or a round <laughs> off or a handspring and in, in, in many many years so, <laughs> right <laughs> um probably not gonna we try I, I guess we tried to hint at it with the tam the trampoline Mm-hmm. uh in El Camino and in, in Skinny Pete's backyard but uh yeah I uh, I think that would have just been a little too much like yeah Skinny Pete's a triple threat right whatever <laughs> um but you never know what happens under that hat there's lots going on come on <laughs> yeah yeah it'd, it'd be neat you know if, uh, if they did like a, a Skinny Pete musical or a Breaking yeah. Bad musical that was you know choreographed like like Fosse-esque. Yeah. I'd, I'd be totally into you that. You would know people would pay good money to see that. That would end up on Broadway. I mean, you could write it. You could be a Tony Award winner in about five years' time, Charlie, if you start writing it now. Get Vince's permission, you know, Broadway right. Dickens. Right. Bam. Yeah. Bam. You know? You just have to come up with a catchy title. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you go with your opening line, you know, the, the two nuts and a ball sack, yo. There, there's, right. your, there's your title. There and it people is. People would flock to Broadway to see that. 
they, I'm, I'm beginning to believe you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want a writing credit. Right. Like, unless they thank me in your Tony okay. award-winning speech. You got it. You know, just write that down. go that go that route. I, you know, I'm Good. sure that that's that's fine. Probably going to make millions and millions of dollars, make you an absolute loaded star, and here I am going. Oh, I gave him that idea, but oh damn, you know, gee, I should have signed some uh, sort of happens, agreement. Man. Yeah, it goes it that happens. way. When, when you, and again, this is no doubt a question you've been asked a thousand times before, you know, how do you get in the role of, of sort of a, a meth dealer, meth user, things like that. But, I mean, as an actor, you mentioned before about how initially you read the role, you, you're a skinny stoner, you eventually get a name. But, I mean, do you, are you the type of actor that likes to seek out a, a meth user to kind of get in their head and find out what you should be doing? I mean, do you do some research or do you just try and kind of put a different spin on it? Like, what was your take going into it when you first were filming the role well i i i have the benefit of having had a full life (laughs) (laughs) um um, i have two old i had two older brothers i have one one living older brother and one who's passed away um who were both pretty hardcore drug addicts um And I have this really uncanny ability to learn from other people's mistakes and never, never followed their path. But I did um, see them a lot and I saw their friends and I've, I I noticed all the different types of behaviors that different types of drugs (laughs) um, will cause. And I've seen, you know, the extremes of a lot of those. Um, And so, that was part of my what helped um Mm. one of my my one of my brothers jokes to his friends that that i'm just playing him when i play skinny pete and that's really it's not true at all um i i am playing a drug addict which he is but i'm not like imitating him uh but it was, I mean, that's where I learned a lot of the mannerisms uh, was from, from those brothers and their friends. Um, but when I was younger and thinking about being an entertainer, some of my favorite kind of side character, not side character even, some of my favorite character actors were um, kind of specialized in playing like alcoholics and drunks. And you had like uh, Dudley Moore. Mm. and uh red red skeleton um and uh there's so many more but like i thought it would be fun to to be the modern version of one of those where like if they needed a funny drug addict uh and i i that was literally kind of part of my as i was training as an actor was i practiced like being on drugs not actually being on the drugs but practiced I trained at how different drugs affect you um, and just thought, you know, this would be a, a good niche to have as an actor is be, be really good at um, being on, pretending to be on acid without actually being on acid hmm. or pretending to be on meth without actually being on. Um, and it, it was kind of like, just kind of like, well, I should, I should pay attention to that kind of stuff. Um because that's I, I I happen to have a type, and um, maybe I can I can use that for good. Which <laughs> it worked out. Well, I mean, it must it must make it also always sort of 
I mean, entertaining in a weird way to, to play that that sort of role and, and give a different spin on it. Because I can imagine if so yeah. that's the role that you're playing in, in a different show that, you know, not every role is going to want you to be Skinny Pete. They're going to want you to be, you know, right. obviously completely different, right? So it's kind of, right. I guess, taking that's, that and using it differently. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do is um, if I do get a different kind of, you know, the same kind of type, not play it the same way every time. Hmm. Um and then after once well, after Breaking Bad was over and I had enough of a resume that um, I got to be a little pickier, I started trying to steer away from any of those types of roles at all, unless they were for like a major, really big production or something that like really, really meant something. Um, otherwise, I would I wanted to try and just go with anything that wasn't that stereotype and. I don't know. It may have, it may not have worked as well for me as I had hoped. Cause I, I think in my, in my desperation to not be that stereotype, I ended up kind of over overdoing some of the role, other roles that I was trying and kind of proved, disproved my point or proved to other people's point that that all I can do is that stereotype. Um, and so it, it was a now I'm kind of like well if they want me to do those roles I'll do those roles because <laughs> um, I just need to work um, but it's not my favorite thing to be um, to be just kind of like stuck in a in the same kind of like groove all the time you want to challenge um, yourself I love that's playing, what you always want to do yeah, right yeah. I, I love a challenge I, I would love to play a a character for a long time which is a totally different kind of challenge because then you're, you, you know, you get to learn its mannerisms and you really get to delve into that kind of character. And, but if I'm not going to play the same character for a long time, I, I definitely don't want to play the same type of character over and over again and try and have to keep coming up with different ways yeah. to say the same, same kind of things without, without sounding like I'm just that guy. Um, and that's, uh, that's the challenge. But is is there I'm a type that you're fun. looking for? Like, is there, is there like you know you 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 desire to play a superhero or you want to be the president or like I mean, is there something that you just really think to yourself like, wow, yeah. that, I want to play one of those? Yeah, um, I want to be Gary Oldman. Oh, who doesn't? Yes, so, right, right. <laughs> he can he can right. hijack Air Force One and then be the Prime Minister of England. I mean, who doesn't want to right. do that? Right, and that's that's all. I mean, yeah, I just want to be that good. Yeah, is that is that too much to ask? Not at all. Um, and it took him like yeah. thirty years to win an Oscar, so you know, I got plenty at of time. At least, yeah, I got I got time. Yeah, you're still young. Come on, yeah. You know? Gar- Gary's got My, years on you, Charlie. Right, right, right. I had, I mean, I, I was able to look up to him as uh, before I even started working this business. So, and he, I mean, um, he's somebody who I think early on though he was he was kind of, I guess similar like he was always kind of typecast he was kind of always the villain he yeah. was kind of always that type yeah. of role wasn't he and then you know eventually right. kind of he's gary oldman so he's gonna get what he gets but uh, it, it kind <laughs> of it works for someone like that so it can work for right. you right yeah and it's just a matter of finding those right opportunities and then you know using them wisely uh which i, I can't say i've done quite as well yet but i'm, I'm still early 
in, in my career. <laughs> plenty of time. So, Plen- plenty of time. Plenty of time. It's interesting, I mean, mentioning the music. And, yeah, it's, I think it's very well known that, uh, you know, the, the episode where you're playing the piano, that was, I guess, kind of written in. I mean, how does that feel that you've got this unique skill that all of a sudden the writers are going to take and, and – Give it advantage because I guess no one's thinking Skinny Peak can you know get on the get on the keys and and drop a hot tune like you do in that episode. Right. Oh, that was fun. It was a neat. It was a neat thing to be able to to see happen. Um, one of my main, if I had a complaint about working on Breaking Bad, it was that Skinny Pete early on didn't have any depth. I mean, it was just a you know two-dimensional, dumb, illiterate drug addict. Um, And there was no real, like, depth to that character. And there were times when I would, like, go to a writer and ask about a line and say, like, hey, could I say this line as if I was, like, you know, thinking about something that happened? They're like, no, no, just say the line. Um, And I'm like, okay. Uh, No matter what kind of depth we try to give our characters, a lot of times they would just know, just say it straight. We don't need any emotion. Just, just, just go, um, just play the joke, whatever. Um, so we kind of, when I had the opportunity to play, um, I, I felt like it was going to make people go, Whoa, Mm. that dude's a piano player. And I didn't know for sure, but it just seemed like, you know, people, that's what people did with me. Cause like, anytime I sit down and play piano, they're like, you could play piano. And so I figured if I'm, if I'm actually playing a character who everyone knows is an illiterate drug addict, that's got to have the same effect. Um, and it did. And uh, it was, it was fun to see. It was fun to do. Um, it kind of put a little pressure on me to be like, Oh, now I got to be better at piano. I got to learn <laughs> some more songs. And did it work, which though? didn't hurt. It did. I actually, I started playing songs that I, when I was a kid, I like, I'll never learn how to be able to learn how to play this. And now I'm playing them and, uh, and songs that I just, I'd never even occurred to me that I could learn how like, was was there a particular example? Like, do you remember sort of one that you didn't think you'd ever be able to play Um, and then you learned it? Just, just a few months ago, I, I finally learned how to play Pink Floyd's great gig in the sky from the dark side of the moon. Great. Um, just the, the piano accompaniment part to that, just oh, yeah. incredible wow. piece of music. Um, and it was, I was watching a documentary about dark side of the moon and uh, their pianists um, whose name I can't right now remember uh, was just playing it. And I went, he's playing on the piano. What? <laughs> I mean, it was like, <laughs> duh part of that song is on the piano. Yeah. Um, and so I, I dug up sheet music for it and um, as quick as I could learn how to play it. Now I just, I just play it all the time. Like Fantastic. every, every day I play, it, I play at least once a day so that I don't forget how to play it until like it's ingrained. Um, but it's like you won't people, most people when I play it, they only recognize the beginning of the song. If you start like somewhere in the middle, there's like nine Nine measures of just bomb, 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 and it's like, oh, what am I on six or seven? Bomb, 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 bomb. Okay. 
So I, I haven't tried playing it with any, any of the other instruments yet. Um, I, I'm thinking one of these days, once I get a little more comfortable with it, I'm going to just put on my headphones and play the album and just jam along with the album on the piano. Go oh, that way. Wow. Jeez. Was, was there any jam sessions on the set of Breaking Bad? Because isn't Dean Norris a bit of a musician, isn't he? Um, I, I'm not sure. I never got to spend much time on set with Dean. Um, but no, we didn't really even, uh, even when we were shooting in a music store, we didn't actually have much jam sessions. Wow. Uh, um, we didn't have the time. I mean, it was like quick move, boom, done. Um, while we were shooting in the music store, I did learn Matt Jones, Badger. He's actually way better on guitar than I am on piano. Wow. And it was like, it was sad that he had to like pretend to be the idiot with the, with the instrument uh, playing the guitar while I was, I got to show off my skills where he could have, he probably could have like done way like kind of, um, and shown me up considerably, but that just wasn't how they, you know, that wasn't how it was. Didn't quite work out. We, we even tried to pitch it where I'm playing and then he joins in and starts playing (laughs) with me and we like really jam. And they're like, no, only one of you gets to be a prodigy. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh. Wow. Well, I mean, you could get you still, like, now that the show's over, you could get him involved and, you know, get him on your Spotify guest appearance. You know, that would, like, the Breaking Bad fans would go absolutely mental for that, Charlie. They would love that, it. That, they, they, I could try. I could yeah. try. I don't know how. I don't know, yeah. I don't know how he'd feel about it, but I can try. <laughs> Come on, here we listen to this. Here we go. Oh, I've never thought about that. You, you could be writing oh, tunes for yeah. the Broadway. You two are writing the music for the Broadway musical. Right. Come on. Right. I think we'd harmonize well. Yeah, That's I think I'm you saying. would. I think it would definitely work out uh, very, yeah. very well. Did you have any um, moments w- with Matt, sort of some behind-the-scenes uh, moments with him or Aaron that kind of, you know, I, I'm sure you've shared these 101 times. I'm sure there's one or two that you've never shared on any show before, Charlie, some some stories that, Ooh. you know, you have in there on the set or outside of the set. Boy, I wish. Um, I, I'm... I, I mentioned it kind of earlier. They, I was paranoid of being an an inconvenience at all to anybody on that sh- on that show um, because I really wanted them to hire me again mm-hmm. and bring me back. And so I did everything I could to just be like I finish work, I'd go back to my hotel room, go to study my lines, eat a meal, go to sleep, be fresh and ready to go. And, you know, a lot of actors would be like, oh, we're done. Let's go. Let's go hit the bar and drink until like and I like, oh, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to. Um, and so I didn't do a lot of hanging out. I didn't do a lot of um, fun stuff. I didn't try and I tried to do it like anything to not rock the boat uh, was my my main purpose <laughs> the whole time I was on that show. Um, they're they're both like incredibly kind, fun human beings, but there's a, I'm, I'm eight years older than they are. Um, and, uh, I was married with kids. And at the time when we started, they were all, uh, um, very eligible bachelors. Um, <laughs> the, uh, there was, like I said, I used to watch them on like how to act and how to like, how to work as an actor, not so much how to, how to perform, but how to like work as an actor. And they, a lot of times would ask me advice about like 
relationships and um i would try and give them what little advice i could but it was neat seeing them go from i don't think i could ever like commit myself to the, to one woman and stay married and to hey man we're getting married <laughs> like, oh, wow <laughs> that was fast you know play dates soon um, basically you know things like yeah that. <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's we didn't i didn't like to play around and i didn't want to take any chances and i just kind of stuck to myself uh El matt and aaron both lived here in la at the time and i lived in fort worth texas they would a lot of times just fly me in fly me out um and so i wasn't like uh i wasn't as available and i was scared as <laughs> i was scared to death of uh anything and everything that uh was from hollywood um because i like i'd never been here mm. uh at the time i'd never been to hollywood never been to la i had started my career in fort worth and had like built a lot of a lot like 26 i guess um different parts before i'd ever even come to la uh and so I, but i was scared to death of of like <laughs> the whole thing. i was intimidated i guess yeah. yeah i was intimidated like people who understood hollywood agents and uh you know like i don't I'm just, I'm just a stupid country boy. I don't really know nothing. Wow. Um, which but, must, must make it interesting then to be on a show like Breaking Bad, which, I mean, I'm not saying you, you didn't get recognized before, but I, I can't imagine that level of recognition from your previous work compared to a show like Breaking Bad. I mean, I mean as yeah. I said, it's sort of no, a leader. Like, had, had you ever experienced yeah. that before and kind of what was that like getting recognized yeah. by people and things like that? Uh, um, it's, it's neat. It's really neat. Um, I I know I I once got recognized in a grocery store for being in a play in Fort Worth. Right. And somebody who who was in the grocery store saw the play and went, "Hey, weren't you in a play?" And I was like, "Wow, famous." <laughs> um, but then it, I didn't really realize how big Breaking Bad, like how really big it was um, at first. And when I was uh, um, in Fort Worth, it was, it was, people heard of it, but it wasn't like as big of a hit as it was on the East and the West coast. That's where it was really the most popular were on the coast at the beginning. Um, so I was, I wasn't really aware of like the, how much, uh, attention it was getting. Uh, Cause like people weren't coming to my neighborhood going, Oh, you're skinny Pete. Um, but I was with Matt when we had both, showing up for an episode in Albuquerque, he and I both went into a restaurant together and we're like, Hey, let's go get a bite to eat together and catch up. And we went in and immediately the staff recognized him. Wow. And started like, just like people, staff and uh, customers just started like kind of surrounding him. And I got kind of pushed over to the side. I was wearing glasses and a hat and, um, dressed nice and at one point he finally points at me and he goes hey you guys you know that's skinny pete and suddenly like the the crowd opened up and like brought me into it and like wow. suddenly i'm like what what and he at that point kind of snuck off and went and sat down and was like because he'd been getting that a lot of that um apparently when living in la people are like looking for actors and um they'd see him in a bar or something and jump out and hey yo what's up and i'd <laughs> 
never experienced that until I got until that point. And then I thought, well, it's just, you know, we're in Albuquerque, obviously, you know, people are going to be excited. Um, but I, I wasn't ready when I, uh, the first time I came to LA was for the season four premiere. Hmm. Um, and I actually drove from Fort Worth all the way to LA. It was like, just, it was the first time I'd ever been invited to a premiere for anything that I was, had been on. And so I was like, I'm going to this. And <laughs> I, I, I drove here and I, I have an uncle, I had an uncle who lives um, pretty close and I stayed with him. And then I, um, I drove into Hollywood to the, to the Chinese theater where they were doing this premiere and I parked my car in the, in the parking lot got out of my car and people started taking pictures of me and they were like, it was paparazzi camping out. And I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) I have never seen that before. And, and then the rest is just kind of a, like, um, like, I don't really remember the rest of that premiere because they went, I went straight to a red carpet and then, then it was like, the first time I'd ever been on a red carpet with the lights flashing and people screaming your name and just, Hey, try, 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 try over here, over here. And I'm like, where do I look? I don't know. Um, and then like, and yeah, then went and saw, I don't even remember watching the movie or the, the, the episode, uh, on the big screen. Cause everything else was just a blur. Wow. Um, but it's, yeah, it was, it was a weird difference from what I had been doing before. Whoops. And I can I can see that sort of through your social media too that you, you get a lot of people, particularly on Twitter, are sort of tagging you, mentioning sort of favorite Breaking Bad, and you, you're very interactive with them, sort of very you know engaging with them because I can imagine that that's the that's the fun part about playing someone like Skinny Pete, isn't it? That I mean it's it's a it's a role that's on a very popular show. People love it. People have you know all these things they want to talk about that to engage with these people right. and, and chat to them about the role that you obviously enjoyed playing over five seasons. Right. Yeah, it is fun. It, it it can sometimes get a little overwhelming, but for the most part, it's fun. Um, and I, I love being able to kid around with people. Um, I, I'm, I'm not really, really sure what to say to people. I, I'm not good at starting a conversation, but if somebody like says something to me, I can usually, usually come back um, with a response. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I try to be a little fun. Um, not always happens, but I, you know, I try to have fun and that's, uh, that's the whole name of this. Do, do you get business. weird requests? Like, do you get people messaging you going like, Hey, do you want to come, you know, smoke some meth with me or something like that? Like just weird requests. I've had one or two requests like that. And, um, uh, like kind of go, Hey, you know, if I did that stuff, I probably wouldn't have had that job. <laughs> just, just want to point out Quit it, you'll get work. Like, you know, stay yeah. straight, stay in school. Like, <laughs> um, it's called acting. Hi. Yep. Yep. Uh, don't do drugs is all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. except, except for fun. I mean, yeah, for fun, but not like all the time. But yeah. Yeah, never mind. I'm bad. I'm not a good advice person. <laughs> if you're listening to the um, Oz Network, you're not here for advice anyway. Don't worry. <laughs> and if you are, then don't listen to this show for advice. Seriously, this is this is where you're getting your news. Yeah. Stop it. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Something's wrong. With that. And 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 on that too, though. Like, are you are you? Do, does your daughter watch you on Breaking Bad? Is she at that age where you're gonna let she, you see? Or? Well, she. I mean, she knew of it. She's she's heard of it. Um, 
she hasn't like been interested in watching it yet, but I think she's getting pretty close to where she might you know, eventually like start checking it out. Um, she's really, I mean, she's definitely an internet kid. She's very into um, technical kind of stuff and programming and uh, Minecraft and, and things like that. And I happen and, and she is off on Reddit she's she's just started out on reddit and um she had heard that i have an ama on reddit Mm -hmm. and went "Hmm, i'm gonna go check that out and i was like oh wait um uh maybe you maybe maybe not Um, (laughs) you don't need to you don't need to um i okay just remember that like I, I I was playing a character. <laughs> how do you backtrack on that one? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that works. I, I think I tried to pawn off some of the blame on. Well, when I was doing the AMA, I had a friend helping me answer questions <laughs> because I wasn't able to type very fast, and sometimes he would just say stuff. <laughs> that and and you know she's still at that age where I'm sure she believed that. So you know. That, oh yeah, that... she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you know she she needs uh-huh, to learn. right. Learn that basically. Right. She can do an AMA one day, but like, hi, daughter of you know Charlie right. Baker. Ask right. me anything. I'll tell you the truth about him as a dad. <laughs> oh gosh, no, please. No. <laughs> um, few people know she was actually she she's actually an actor too. She hasn't done any in a while, but she was on a, a show called You're the Worst on right. FX, um, where she played a recurring character for five, four or five episodes. And what's um, that like? And she's also on a seeing her on a show like following following in a father's footsteps uh it was it was demeaning like (laughs) it was i suddenly became the stage dad yeah it was like oh sir you need to go sit in the corner and just be quiet (laughs) we'll we'll take care of this come with us miss baker like oh okay i was on breaking bed i'm Um, sure you were go sit in the waiting room (laughs) oh i was skinny like yes sir whatever um but this is about her uh (laughs) It was, I was really proud. She's, I, I am proud of them. She's an amazing kid. Um, she, it was just real easy for her. I mean, she was really smart for her age. She looked young for her age and she just has a natural talent. Like you wouldn't believe. Right. And um, she went in for her first audition, which was a Toyota commercial and like booked her first audition. And they shot the commercial and they had her ad lib, all her dialogue in the commercial. It's like, wow. seriously, your first professional gig, you just ad libbed. Mm. Like, wow. Okay. I, I studied for 10 years and nobody's <laughs> ever let me do that, but whatever. I'm, <laughs> that's cool. Um, and, but she like, she's amazing and she's really good at it. But after a while, like she'd get an audition and we'd go, Hey, and you have an audition. You're like, are there going to be lines? I'm like, yeah, there are going to be lines. Like, so I have to learn them. I'm like, yes, you have to learn the dialogue. <laughs> like, I don't want to. Like, we'd have to like, okay, you said you wanted to be an actor. This is what the, and we'd give her all the, like, if you don't want it, you need to just, um, and it finally came down to, she would rather, she wanted to get into robotics. Right. And she wanted to join a robotics team. And I was like, but if you join a robotics team, you can't really like, and, uh, you can't, it's, it'd be hard to do both because you're, you're not going to be able to be always be there for your team or, um, and so she went, you know what? I kind of don't really want to do the acting thing. Wow. Like, I'm okay. okay with that. Yeah. Um, she's not to steal your roles all like, of a sudden, basically. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if, if, 
when she has gotten her PhDs or masters or whatever degree she wants, I mean, if she, once she's gotten through college um, and has an education, um, I would strongly suggest if you want to be an actor, get a business degree. <laughs> um, it, if she learns how to, you know, has a, what everyone told me to have was a fallback and it's not really a fallback, not you need like something to help, like I say, a business degree, a manager's like hospitality, some kind of degree that will help you besides just be a performer um, that will help you invest your money wisely or some kind of, you know, something that will help you learn how to like handle if you do happen to become successful, uh, what you do then, how you handle when you have a, a manager and a PR team and agents and an accountant and all of these other you know things like how do I do I what do I who do I have um, learn learn something besides just how to be an actor, um, and when she when she learns when she gets an education she can go back into acting if she wants she can do whatever she wants to as an adult um and if she wants to when it doesn't interfere with school <laughs> she can do whatever <laughs> she wants to now but um uh i i don't think acting is a great job for children after especially after seeing i i like i was kind of like on the fence about it before she started and I gave her her choice. I was like, I was, I didn't push her to do it. I didn't say, Hey, you should be an actor. Um, but when she decided to do it, I tried to help coach her in any way I could. And, um, I just, I didn't want to like make her feel like she had to follow my footsteps in any way. And, but I saw, it's just, I don't feel it's a healthy gig for kids. I mean, one, I don't think kids should be having to work for a living. Mm. Um, but I mean, a lot of times I, working with other children actors, I'd see them being like pushing themselves harder than they should um, to, you know, make sure everybody was happy. And I just I don't think there was a lot of stuff I just didn't think was too cool about it. Um, and and she, that's why it's good that she's in daughter, a room right now then basically where she can't go out and do this anymore and work on the robotics. Where she can't go out and right? see any people yeah. and work on a robotics. Well, she she does get to see her friends online and talk to them and has has a pretty good social circle in that area, luckily with the Zoom meetings. That's but, um, good. That's great. Just don't read the AMA the, uh, from, from you, basically. That's what her friends are being told. Yeah, don't read Dad's AMA. Don't read Dad's AMA. Yeah. <laughs> Avoid that. Don't don't search for that on, on, on right? Reddit. It's it's interesting actually uh, reading the, the stats about well, Skinny Pete, you know, and everything on Breaking Bad that you, you Skinny Pete and Badger were the only characters to appear on every single season of breaking bad and the only two that, that were sorry that weren't main cast members i should say and the only two not to die the other one was um yeah. steven gomez of course he ends right. up dying spoiler alert if you haven't seen it so i mean it's, it's weird that you kind of go from that role of skinny stoner to oh you know i just want to come back i want to keep playing this soon you basically end up being outside of the main cast probably the main guest stars that survived right. at the end so i mean that's must be a pretty special feeling to kind right. of go from that to that it is it is. It was, I was pretty proud of that. I, I sometimes, a lot of times I will be the one who brings that up. Like, yeah, I'm one of the, I'm one of the few characters who actually lived to the end. Um, <laughs> so, you know, 
And then you get to go on a movie, you get to be in El Camino. And then basically it's like, you know, Breaking Bad movie. It's for years, oh, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it happens. And then you you end up basically being the marketing face of that. I mean, the trailer drops, there's Skinny Pete. That's what everybody's seeing. So here it is. The ballad of Skinny Pete. Yeah. I mean, what was, I mean, that must have been, I can imagine in between when that was released and the end of Breaking Bad, the, the constant questions, will there be, will there be, that must have always been fun and then it happens and then you can talk about it. But, I mean, is, is that a hard area where you kind of, you know what's happening and you just can't tell people about it and you wish you could? Yeah. Yeah. I've been in that situation once before, but in the time before, nobody actually really cared. Right. Um, you know, I was in a, in a Terrence Malick movie and it's not that nobody cared, it's just it wasn't as, like hot an issue but i was in a terrence malick movie that had a like that kind of like don't t- say anything about it don't talk and it, i didn't feel that much pressure but when when el camino came out when they first called me about el camino and said you cannot you have, we have to sign an nda to read the script and once you like you cannot say a word to anybody ever um and you, it was like you can't confirm it or deny it and I took that really seriously, like, ooh, mm. that's a challenge. Okay. So um, it was weird. Like, at first we we did the script, and I had been getting – I'd always gotten, like, are you guys going to do a Breaking Bad movie? Are you going to do a Breaking Bad movie? And like, I don't I don't know, but I don't I don't think so. Like, nobody's ever said anything to me. It was I'd always, like, I just – I don't – I'd be glad to if they do. And then they tell me, hey, we're doing one. And I'm like, oh, God. And then some people were still like, hey, is there any, you know anything? Like, it'd be cool if they did. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> confirm or deny. Um, but then somebody actually leaked information about El Camino. And, and then it was like people were like trying to dig and like, hey, man, um, so what are you up to next week? And like, so have you seen, you know, it's like trying every way they could to try and, and, like pull it out and I, or at least I felt like uh, it was really kind of scary. Like, how do I, how do I not tell, how do I not tell? Like my whole thing has been about, Hey everybody, I'm doing a show. Like, like <laughs> you can't how say do I thing. not brag? <laughs> and, um, and so I just kind of like, kind of, I kind of locked myself in. I did what we're all doing now. I kind of went into a, a seclusion and um lost contact with some people like just kind of like oh, we're not gonna say anything and i was kind of stuck and then then when it came out i had some people like hey man like you could have told me like i wouldn't have said anything i'm like oh i couldn't like, <laughs> the no. following lawyers I, disagree with that statement uh. <laughs> yeah yeah hey my wife is an attorney and <laughs> she will tell you that no no i barely was allowed to know that i was in that movie like yeah. i think i just told right. myself i wasn't in it essentially so but it must right. be like i know a lot of obviously fans were sort of wanting to get that sort of closure with with Aaron's character Jesse and everything along those lines, but I can imagine for yourself yeah. with with your character, like you, I can imagine after Breaking Bad raps have interpretations of what Skinny Pete would be up to and sort of exploring that world further. So for you to be able to step back into Skinny Pete's shoes and sort of add a little bit more of a, a layer to what yeah. happens post the finale, that must have been a an interesting and fun opportunity for you as well. Yeah, it really was. Um, it was an amazing opportunity. I mean, to have just the fact that Vince Gilligan wrote a script knowing that I was going to be playing that character 
and wrote that character to, you know, say the things he did and do the things he did. Um, that was like the biggest honor I've ever had, quite frankly. A lot of times, you know, a direct, a great director and a great or great writer will write a film or a TV show, and then you get the part. They don't know that, like they weren't like, oh, Charles Baker. But like he actually knew I was going to be playing that part and he still wrote it like that. So right. that was a like, that's a great compliment. Which also then going back to your point, I like that point where you say where people ask you about a Breaking Bad movie and, you know, at the time I'll be great. And then when you sort of got this NDA and you kind of can't confirm nor deny, let's try something out with you here then, Charlie. Uh, Better Call Saul, final season coming up. Whispers about Breaking Bad cast coming back. Uh, are you going to be in Better Call Saul, final season? Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, well, yeah, it would be very cool, wouldn't it? Okay, there you go. That's the new question, though, isn't it? That's the one that everybody's obviously yeah. dropping going into the final yeah. season, which, I mean, do you... Do you Let's let's ask you a different question. Let's ignore that. Um, let's right. go with: Do you watch Better Call Saul, given that you were in yeah. the franchise, you're in the universe, and kind of yeah. watch it from a perspective of what Skinny Pete would be doing in this period of the Breaking Bad universe? I'll be honest; I hadn't thought of that. Like, really, I don't like. Oh, I wonder what Skinny Pete's doing right now. Uh, I do watch Better Call Saul. Love the show. I love Bob Odenkirk. Ray Seahorn is just a tour de force man she is amazing actor for sure um but bob odenkirk is like such a he's, he's also a good guy i love i love actors who are also good guys it's just fun um i love the show i love the crew that is working behind the scenes i love the writers everything about this i mean I, like why wouldn't you watch it knowing who who's behind that it was my kind of view um, so yeah, I love it. I hadn't thought about what Skinny Pete would. I had actually pitched, and since it's, I, I, I can almost be sure it's not going to happen. I pitched what I would want to do if I were to be involved in Better Call Saul, and that was to play Skinny Pete's dad. Ah, wow! And have have somebody who looked like Skinny Pete maybe sitting in out of focus in the background. Yeah. Um, just always kind of in the car playing a video game. You never really see him. And then I come in as a totally different character and um, see if we can't convince the audience that that's, I think, a totally different person. I'd believe I, I think we could have. Um, I think it could have been done. I just, I think they, they decided, um, well, I don't know why they decided not to do it. But I, I, I like, hey, here's an idea. Now, it's the only time I've ever pitched an idea to a show or like anything like that and to writers. And they're like, that's a good idea. We'll let you know. Um, so <laughs> don't call us. Happen. We'll call you. Basically, um, right. going um, going that route. When they called for El Camino, I thought it might have been for Battle Call Saul. Nice. And uh, and Vince called and he said so. Uh, and he thought I had heard rumors about El Camino before. And I was like, I didn't. So he's like, I I think you might know what we're calling about. And I was like. <laughs> Better call Saul? No. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. Fine. What do you want? Then? It was, I guess, <laughs> selling Gensu knives. Um, no, uh, wow, Vince, you've really, really dropped the ball since Breaking Bad went off the geez. air. <laughs> jeez. Things, Crew's things gone down tight. the toilet. Yeah, jeez. Wow. No. Um, yeah, he, uh, no, I thought it was for Better Call Saul. And I'm like, no, no. It's for, uh, we're doing a break of that movie. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's awesome too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, 
I'd seen uh, Deadwood. There's a character in Deadwood that uh, an actor played two different characters mm-hmm. in this in the series. Um, two totally different and unrelated characters. They just they killed one killed them off early in the se- first season, then brought them back a few later a few seasons later. And I was like, I want to do that. Well, I, I want I want to be an actor that can get like so be such a and it, they played like he was a bum like the town deadbeat mm-hmm. in the first season and then came back as like an aristocrat nice. later and i like that's i want it i want to do that i want to be seen as like polar opposite of of a character that i've already played so that, that would just, just as an actor challenge fascinating and that's one of those like trivia bits that if you do it so well and that, I mean, obviously they're going to credit you, but like even then you could use a pseudonym or kind of call yourself something different and then kind of trivia comes out like, that's Charlie Baker, that's the original Skinny Pete playing Skinny Pete. Like, Wouldn't that be fun? Mine's blown. I come on. That would, I thought it would, I thought it'd be fun. Vince, so, come on, man. Um, like just, just, just listen to this episode and get these, like, this is a good idea here, <laughs> you know? Like, geez. Yeah, I, I think it might be a little late for that at this point, but... <laughs> Um, it was worth a try, but as far as what I was thinking, what skinny Pete was doing, I was hoping that he was sitting in his dad's car while his dad was being a, like in skinny Pete's first episode, I said that, you know, my, my pops is a contractor. Mm -hmm. Maybe he can help you out because the bathtub had fallen through the roof. And so I thought if skinny Pete's dad was, maybe he was like, not one of those totally legit contractors, you know, um, and would need Saul's help. Like, but, but I mean, you could. The thing what? is, though, in all seriousness, you could include that because this is the beauty of Better Call Saul. There are all these references and Easter eggs that you know are just a subtle reference, and you know fans go crazy over it. They can connect it to episode four of season three, like they know everything. So, like, you could drop in a line, even if like they don't get you back for it. You could drop in a line, right. like I know this contractor, and you know, kind of just include it, and people will pick up on that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the universe no. building. Come on, Vince. Like, get on to it, Vince. One thing, uh, I, I want I want you to plug your, your Spotify and talk, talk. you know, go out and plug your music. But one one show I mentioned at the top when I was reading out some of the other appearances you did, you, you were in the pilot episode of 911. I'm, I'm a big Ryan Murphy fan, and I know Ryan Murphy tends to go through his actors and kind of get them from previous shows and bring them onto other shows. You know, they, they kind of almost have the Ryan Murphy universe. I mean, do you think that right. now that you've done a Ryan Murphy show, it's been a couple of years, but do you think that Ryan Murphy, if you ever need someone to play someone in American Horror Story, you know, election, maybe a new American Crime Story, that maybe he's going to look at that, that you know, criminal from the 911 pilot and bring you back? I don't know. I'll tell you how – here's how tough Ryan Murphy is, Okay. Ryan Murphy had had me audition for that role for the pilot on nine one one, who is a skinny drug addict named Pete. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I mean that was that was must have been weird. He's like, I don't know, if, like I don't know if I don't know if this guy can pull off a skinny drug addict named Pete, <laughs> and I did. Yeah, so that's a that's a tough that's a tough director right there who's like, oh, I want to uh, prove it. He's come yeah, a long, sure. he's come a long way, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, sure, sure. He, he he's on one of the best TV shows in the history of 
television shows <laughs> and is probably the most famous skinny drug addict named Pete. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Make him prove it. There's a, there's a Watch Mojo top 10. Top 10 skinny drug addicts called Pete in television. I want to see that list, and I, I think you might come out at number one. Maybe 911 fair, Pete might be three. To be fair, if if you look at um, – oh, uh, I almost had the name of a movie. There's, a, there's another skinny Pete. He's not quite as skinny. Right. But he was the first skinny Pete. Okay. And um, I'm actually the second skinny, famous, druggy kind of gangy dealer, skinny Pete. Okay. Um, so maybe number two is not bad on a watch mojo. Number list two, that's not bad. I'm I'm up there in in, um, and I, I I don't mean to like be crass or anything, but the other one has passed away. Yeah, well, since then. So I'm 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 the most famous living living skinny skinny Pete. drug addict named Pete. Yeah, yeah. So. It there's works. that. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Plug your music, Charlie. Now I've gone to your Spotify. I I love sort of listening to some of the tracks you're doing there, and also on on your Instagram. And I'll get you to plug your social media too, so people can follow you. But I mean, is this? Yeah. You talk about sort of you know being in lockdown and kind of all this sort of stuff now. But I mean, is that kind of what you you focus on a lot now? Putting music out there and like this Spotify now an avenue where you kind of uh, coming back to the entertainment mentality where you can kind of be creative and put out uh, what you're wanting to put out. That's always what I've done um, is just whatever I want to do. Um, Peach, my, my Spotify is, is mostly is right now Peach, an album. Um, it's actually the soundtrack to a novel written by my friend, really good friend, Wayne Barton, um, who and sometimes goes by W.S. Barton. He's actually um, one of the leading authorities on the Manchester United football team. Oh, I like this guy and even more has, now. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, um, he's written a lot of, a lot of biographies about, or, uh, and auto uh, ghost written some autobiographies about the Manchester United players. Right. Um, and uh, he and I, he was helping, he actually helped me write my autobiography. Um, which hasn't been published yet. But uh, while we were working out it, we were talking about music, and he mentioned that he was working on a novel called Peach that was about a singer-songwriter. Um, and he asked if I'd be interested in like trying to put some of the songs that were written in the book as part of the book to music. And uh, that'd be fun. And he said, what we would do is we'd record the songs and then release the album with the book you buy the book, you can pay another dollar and get the album and you can listen to the music that are written, you know, the songs that are written in the, in the book as part mm. of the story. Wow. And so, um, and so I, I, Wayne wrote the lyrics to the songs and kind of had a direction for the music that he wanted to go. And then he and I collaborated on how to like, solidify them and the idea was that they were songs that were the singer songwriter was writing for other other musicians so it was meant to be eclectic and kind of um a different sound and it was meant to be raw because it was just the demo for this um this musician singer songwriter and it was to just accompany the book and I, i thought it was it was a fun project um it was very challenging um, I used to write music a lot more than I, I have lately. <laughs> and, uh, so it was, it was interesting to get back into, um, 
but I, I had a lot of fun with it and right. it's uh but it's called peach and it's um it's songs from the album which uh, is from a the unique book. concept like it's sort of i've never really heard much of a, a soundtrack to a novel before that's a that's a unique way of doing yeah. it yeah and that's why i thought like hey this will be cool yeah um and you know it's not like i i wasn't obviously I, i'm not ready for prime time as far as putting out you know my pop number one album yet yet uh so um i figured this would be a good opportunity to experiment with some sounds and with like some progressions and let's see what i could do and it was fun well i'm telling you when when the broadway musical comes out the soundtrack's going to go gangbusters or the music that you know yourself and matt are going to write right. it's going to be huge and then you know you're going to have these yeah. big number one pop hits you're going to you know get out there you're going to win yourself some grammys then you're going to get back on tv you're going to win yourself an, an Emmy. you're going to be an egot person Kanye's going to interrupt somebody of course he will be you know and and you'll beat him to president as well so yeah i mean look you know it's just right. i'm so, seeing these big so. things charlie and it's all coming from this interview i'm going to say it right now it's this coming. is setting you on a path yep that's that's this that's how it works the oz network the oz network exactly uh just for people who want to check you out on on social media uh twitter instagram plug plug yourself charlie where where can people sort of uh stay up to date with what you're up to where uh, let's see on Twitter, you can find me at Charles E. Baker. E for, I don't know. Excellent. Everything bagel. Um, <laughs> and then on Instagram, <laughs> it's, <laughs> on Instagram, it's uh, the Charles Baker. Like the one and only, but just the Charles Baker. Um, and Instagram's like, I, I like Instagram. I'm a photographer. I'm, I'm an amateur photographer. I tried to be, um, but I also have a new puppy who's. Uh, I was going to add about the puppy. But, uh, I wanted you to give a shout out to to yes. the dog because I'm enjoying the dog pictures on your Instagram. She's she's being very very unusually quiet right now. I think she's wow. asleep. Um, that she's a. Uh, She's a lot bigger now. <laughs> She's a lot bigger. She's growing. Um, and also, you do you see? So you also are yeah. a, a registered. Uh, you can officiate weddings. I see in some of your, your posts that you've uh, yes. officiated over weddings. So is this is this a service you offer, or is this something that you just kind of do for friends not, and family? Not really. Um, when I got married, the the person who officiated my and my wife's wedding uh, became ordained online. And she was kind of nervous about doing it. And she said, okay, if you do it, I'll do it. And so I got ordained with her and we both became ordained to perform weddings. And I've performed a couple of weddings for some close friends. Um, but I'm not like, hey, everybody, I'm going to do. Like, yeah, pay, appreciate your wedding, yo. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have, I, I don't have the heart for that kind of. Um, <laughs> People listening got really excited all of a sudden and then it's went, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> there were some people there who were thinking their wedding was just going to go off, but um... set up a booth in Las Vegas and like, <laughs> yo, here's here's some blue math. Have a good wedding. Yeah, no, I can't. I, not, not I quite. have dignity left. I have yep. some. I have. If you see me doing it, you can go. You can be assured that you're like. Well, he didn't have any dignity. <laughs> if I left. see a TMZ article in a couple of years saying uh, Breaking Bad's Charlie Baker is selling weddings in life, I'm going to be like, oh, that interview went the opposite of what I thought it would go. Um, right. So just... wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be horrible if it if it was I wasn't even doing them as Skinny Pete, but I was doing them as Elvis? Yeah. Like, like doing an Elvis impersonator. And like, How do you? How do you? <laughs> well, well, well. Oh, 
goodness. I, I'm I'm fun. weirdly seeing some weird path for your future, Charlie. Um, so I'm glad somebody is. I, yeah, I, I, everything's gone fuzzy for me for the last year. <laughs> it's just been like <laughs> your your daughter's uh, rocket uh, building robotics thing might be your future. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I, I have a feeling. I, I hope so. <laughs> My wheelchair, at least. <laughs> Charlie, it's it really has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today, learning everything about your time on Breaking Bad and, and beyond. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're obviously about to get into our coverage of Breaking Bad. And I now know that when we get to the Skinny Pete episodes, we're going to be watching them slightly differently. So uh, we appreciate your time on the show, mate. Thank you very much for joining uh, me. Thank you, Ben. It's been fun. And a massive pleasure to speak to Charlie there. A lot of fun, learning a lot, and I am looking forward to the Two Nuts and a Ballsack Yo musical coming to Broadway in the coming years. You can uh, thank me when you see it and enjoy it so much when it eventually comes out. Breaking Bad, our coverage is coming soon. We are going to be going over every single episode in the series, we will be going over the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, that we talked about there as well. And one day, we eventually may lead into Better Call Soul as well. But we're starting off with Breaking Bad. So that is coming very, very soon here to the Oz Network. Get excited. I'm excited that Nick's voice is going to be heard again. It's been a while since I've heard some Nokchista. And I'm looking forward to hearing that beautiful accent of his once more on this show. In the meantime, other shows that are being covered. We've got 24 coming very, very soon here to the Oz Network. Get excited for that. And Lost is going to be returning as well. We've teased that a few times, but Lost is coming back here to the Oz Network. So it's been a bit over a year since we've covered it, but uh, we're into the fifth season we will be getting back into those episodes as well. You're about to hear what you can do with this show in terms of following it in the closing section, but I'm going to close it out by saying that my name is Ben. Thanks again to Charlie, and we'll speak to you next time on the Oz Network. Good night. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. Wow! 
For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>